Hey, hey, everybody, it is Tim Gillette. We're back with another Tim Gillette show. Today's guest, all right. I know this person just a little bit. Just a, just, just a little bit, I know this person. Um, this was going to be a very interesting interview because of the fact that, you know, I mean, last couple of weeks, my mentor actually, and I talked about this because uh, his dad is up there in age as well as his mom. And he said one of the things he would like to do in life is interview his parents. I unfortunately, uh, you know what I mean? The person who actually probably pushed me to be in this industry more than anyone uh, was my father. And unfortunately, I will never have the opportunity to interview him. And today, I want to take the opportunity to do something. Am I nervous about it? Yes, I'm a little nervous about it. Is it something I want to do? Yes, it is something I want to do when I want to have on video. And today, I'm going to interview my mother. All right. My mother works for a, a Christian counseling company, all right, as well as does so many other things in her life. And then is part of our life, both Gwen and I's life here in the Dallas area. Uh, but she has been a meaningful part of my life pretty much my whole life. She's my mother, after all. So this is going to be fun today. I promise you it's going to be a fun broadcast. But you're probably going to find out a revealing thing about Tim or not, because I'm sure my mom will try to squeal something about me while I'm trying to make a broadcast about her. Uh, anyway, it is my show, but it is today about my mom. So tune in, stay tuned, all right, and, and put your questions in there for mom. I'm going to bring her up here, and we're going to have a chat with mom today. Hi, mommy. Hello, Timmy. <laughs> mommy loves you. So mom, why on earth would you want to be on your son's podcast? Um, I feel like I want to live dangerously. <laughs> and also, I want to give a shout out because the Christian Counseling Service I'm, I work with is doing a fundraiser to help low-income families get the counseling they need after all that people have gone through with the pandemic and the lockdown. There's a great need. So I'm doing a fundraiser, and I'm hoping that... You're next, Cindy. I'm getting you on here next. <laughs> I'm hoping that I get some good exposure here, uh, even though it's you interviewing me. Well, I mean, I, I come on, I'm going to be a little more partial towards it and everything. But I mean, it's it's one of those things in life that, you know, I, I see Mike Rowe do it. I'm a big fan of Mike Rowe's podcast and Mike Rowe brings his mom on a lot. All right. Um, am I nervous about it? Yes, I'm nervous about it. But on the other hand, I want a recording of finding out about my mom. All right. You know, I had to go when, well, after dad passed and I wrote a blog about him, I had to go dig information. It's not because not like I actually had to be able to talk to him to ask him. So I wanted to actually put this on a recording and do this today. But, you know, since, uh, you know, since, you know, since you moved here to Texas, all right, your world has changed, but yet you still work for the same company in Pennsylvania. Tell us a little bit about how that happened and, and came to being. Well, um, I want to say and believe that they could not find anyone to replace me, though that may not be the case. But it just happened one day as I was talking to the director, he asked me to do something. And I said, could I just do it when I get home? Because I do work on the internet. And the next day he said, well, why don't you just keep your job? <laughs> because... We do everything over the internet um, as far as the, the, the part that I play. 
And just to assure people, I'm not a counselor, though. Hopefully, I've done some good counseling with Tim over the years. Wait a minute. No, I, I learned how to counsel from you, uh, you know what I mean, watching the Bob Newhart show. Um, okay. Well, my my attitude with my sons has been, you know, slap you upside the head and say, get your act together. So hopefully that's where you're at. Your act is together. That's why I have this twitch every now and then. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you were able to do things over the internet. All right. And this is well, this is before the pandemic that you were able to go, hey, I can do my job from home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that works well for me. How are the counselors dealing with working from home, though? Um, I think, well, the great thing is that we have learned telehealth allows them to reach out and counsel from home. Um, it is difficult for the people being counseled because lots of times I think that personal interaction, that personal closeness helps a great deal. But um, instead of being less busy, we are much more, much busier than ever before because there's a lot of depression and anxiety that's connected with the pandemic and being locked at home and not being able to see family. So the counselors have had great opportunities to expand their counseling, though our main office is in Pennsylvania through telehealth. They've been counseling all over the world. Mm. So, so this is the first time with the pandemic that you were able to take the business basically outside of the United States. Yes. Yeah. Um, so before you work for the counseling, though, uh, tell us some of the other things that you've done throughout life. All right. Uh, you know, I mean, I've known a lot of the jobs you have, but tell my audience some of the jobs that you've had that uh, put you into where you're at with doing this with the counseling company. Well, for most of my working life, which started when I was 12 years old and my mom found out that um, she could just give me paperwork and say, write this in the bookkeeping book. I have worked as a bookkeeper or a business manager. Um, I started doing it for my mom and dad when I was 12. And um, it was almost all of my life. So most jobs I had, I did bookkeeping or uh, was the financial uh, the business manager. Right now for foundations, I'm the financial administrator, which is a beautiful title for being the bookkeeper. Um, but after your dad died, kind of figuring out what to do. And um, I had an opportunity to be a missionary in Korea for four years and shocked a lot of my friends who know I don't really cook a lot for myself because the job I got was the American chef at a Bible college in Korea. So I did that. And I've worked for lumber companies. I worked for Snap-on Tools, which my husband, your dad, loved that. <laughs> you get great discounts, you know. I noticed that you, you know, you let you you left Snap-on Tools though before I was in the mechanics industry and had to buy a ton of tools. I, I noticed that. I did that on purpose. Yeah, on purpose. So I had to pay full price, but that yeah. got discounts on his. So no discounts, but yeah. Um, just a lot of different things like that. I was the 
volunteer cook at one of the first Christian schools you, you guys went to. So uh, just whatever I could do to keep busy, I do tend to be a bit of a workaholic. You You think? Well, you know, for four or five hours a day, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> how many How many times a day do you go for coffee with your son? <laughs> uh, well, today it'll probably be like five times, you know. And I haven't had that, all that much coffee yet because I don't seem to be too strung out yet. So, uh -huh. so uh, you know, uh, you ended up having four boys. Um, you know what I mean? You grew up with how many brothers? Um, I had four brothers. One of them died though as a child, but I had four brothers also. Mm -hmm. So like four in the male category seemed to be my fate. Uh -huh. um, let me, uh, let me ask you this about your, your, your brother, Michael, who passed away. Cause I, I did not know Michael. All right. He passed away when you, when you guys were children and I did not know him. Can you tell me and tell me some stuff, tell the audience some stuff about Michael, all right? Uh, what was some unique characteristics about him? Well, we were both very, very young. The, the sad thing is my earliest true memories about him are linked in a very sad way that I was angry with him one day and I pushed him off his bicycle and that the next memory I had of him was um, he got sick in the middle of the night. And because he had a very contagious virus, he was buried the next morning. So those are my two main memories. But I did have pictures of him and my oldest brother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he had blonde curly hair. And I had a picture of him on my oldest brother's shoulder. Because there was like um, maybe eight years difference in their age. Mm -hmm. And when my oldest brother passed away, I actually found a poem that was so suited because the poem was about crossing over the river of life. And the end of the poem said, and there was the blonde curls waiting for me on the other shore. Mm -hmm. So that's my like main memory of him. And I think because I was so young when he passed away, there's not a lot of memories there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, as I said, I, I, I've never heard, you know what I mean? I, you know, I've heard very little stories about him because, I mean, again, he, he passed away, you know, when you were a kid. So um, you you have uh, uh, three other brothers. Um, uh, tell us about the oldest, uh, Barry, first. Barry was like a caregiver. Barry was born during World War II when my dad was overseas. And Barry um, just always was the one who was caring and looking out for everyone. Um, I do remember one time that um, your two of your brothers decided the way to get a boom box was to run away from home and uh, Barry lived like an hour away and we called because we had called the fire company and the police and everyone and Barry drove right to the house. You know, there was no second thought about it. He was right there and that's how he was. And I remember um, 
Barry had um, Barry had a virus um, in his heart, and he lost a, a like almost a third of the function of his heart. So Barry died in his fifties. His heart just literally stopped. Um, and his memorial, they couldn't fit the people in the church. Mm. So he wasn't just like a big brother who took care of his younger siblings. He was like the caring person for everyone. And he cared a great deal for people. Could always count on him being there for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then your, your, your brother, John, now he, your brother, John spent time in Vietnam, correct? He did three tours of duty in Vietnam and didn't fare well when he came home. John had a lot of troubling things in his life and he was an addict all his life. And even said to me when he was in later life that um, the thing about being an addict was nothing mattered except getting what you wanted. And he wasn't addicted to drugs. He was, he was an alcoholic. Mm. So the most important thing for him was getting the next drink. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and, um, what, what, what did, uh, did John pass away from? John had cancer. He had cancer. He of, okay. Yeah. He died of cancer. He was 68. Oh, wow. Died a week after his 68th birthday. Wow. Um, and then your youngest brother, uh, Michael, all right, who I'm, I, you know, I'm close to, close to of, of all of them now because, you know, we, we talk more. Um, when, when was he born and tell us about him in your life? Okay. Michael was born. Well, after my young, my other brother died, my mom lost a baby and then Michael was born. I was eight years old and he just, um, I have comedy things about him that I will never repeat because I think he would hate me, but he was a fun kid to watch growing up. Um, and if John and I wanted to get in trouble, Michael always was glad to join in with us, mm. you know, and we, we did stupid things, but um, Mike's a great guy though. He's like a great family man. I love visiting him. Um, he's a great cook. I love visiting him, especially on Thanksgiving. It's, it's awesome meal that we have awesome food all day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, love his daughters, especially close to his oldest daughter. I think she's terrifyingly a clone of me or more so a clone of my mom. Mm. But we just get along great. Um, despite the fact that I'd like to take her man away from her, but he keeps insisting he's too young for me. So, uh, you know, I'll let her keep Dan for now. So, I mean, you know, and, and your relationship with your mom and dad, what was your relationship with your mom and dad uh, growing up? It was not always good. My mom and I, maybe we were too much alike or maybe – I don't know. Um, things were not always good with my mom and I. 
-hmm. My dad worked all the time, but like my dad would take me on the truck. Um, we had a, like a swimming pool, I guess it was a public pool that we could go to. That was a couple miles from the house. And I could always count on my dad to let me ride along in the truck and he would drop me off. So I didn't have to walk there. Mm -hmm. And, but I did have to walk home. Wow. Um, but, um, I think I became closer with my dad as adults. My dad had a lot of surgeries in his life. And whenever that happened, he would ask my mom if she called me, uh, cause I tend to wait on him. So, uh, when he was in hospital, so I was like that. Um, but my mom and dad were always, though, really generous and helpful as you guys were growing up. You know, your, uh, your brother needed special shoes every six months. And, you know, your grandparents would buy those because they were quite expensive. Um, one time we needed a car and my dad just said to your dad, I need you to just take the station wagon off my hands. I'm not a car mechanic and I can't take care of it, which was totally crazy. There was nothing wrong with the car, but my dad would never say here, I'm giving you this. Uh, he, would, he would make it sound like we were doing him a favor mm. to take it off his hands. So, um, so they were really good. And uh, I know when my mom and dad wanted me to establish my own credit, that they gave me a thousand dollars to go out and buy a car on credit mm -hmm. and just so I would establish my credit. So they did like really helpful things as I was an adult. Okay. Um, and do you, I mean, you know, you look back at your past and you realize, I mean, you know, none of us, I mean, you're in the counseling industry now and none of us are perfect and none of us had like, like this perfect upbringing. Uh, we all have a flaw here or there. Do you see that maybe, uh, you know, it's connected you to, to your heart to want to work with this uh, counseling foundation? Uh, I do. You know, I I told you I could not counsel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am just too, too much, I guess, maybe set in my ways or something. But um, I think really for the, the counseling service, um, the director, I met the director when he was just a young married fellow. He married a girl from our church and I was really impressed with his maturity mm -hmm. and uh, his compassion toward others. And when he started that counseling service, um, I supported them because I really believed in him and I believed in what he was doing. And, um, to me, it was kind of a fluke that I got hired for the job. I just mentioned to him that I was looking for a bookkeeping job. And it just happened that a few days before the bookkeeper he had had given notice. So it was kind of like the Lord intervened more than my decision. But I have loved working with them. And I have great friendships with many of the counselors that I'm really thrilled with. Oh, well, as, as a bookkeeper, uh, you don't have any enemies in the counselors. <laughs> no, they, they get a little irritated. Maybe, I don't know. They never, they always say thank you. So I I'm hoping they appreciate how I try to help them out. But as, um, 
The important thing as a counselor, it, it's my feeling that the counselors really need to devote their time to the counseling and to concentrate on that rapport with their clients and having someone else to do the bookkeeping just takes that out of the picture and makes it easy for everyone. Okay. Uh, you know, and you know, one of the things I always, I always ask the people who are on my show, uh, I, I always go back to a personal experience I had when I was 20 or 21 years old. I had a boss. It was a part-time, it was a part-time job. I had working two jobs at the time. And this guy gave me advice on how to get through the job, which turned out to be life advice for me. And the advice that he gave me at the time when, I mean, it was a part-time job. And he said, you know what I mean? Run the shift like you own this business. Pretend if it costs you a dime, it's your dime. That turned into life advice for me for take ownership of everything you do. Um, was when you were younger, did someone give you a piece or a word of advice that turned into life advice? But at the time, they were just telling you how to do the job. Um, well, I think, you know, I, I worked with a, a receptionist one time who got her job with no experience by saying she would treat people the way she was treated mm -hmm. or, or the way she wanted to be treated. Sorry. Um, and my dad had a saying that really reflects your, what your attitude should be toward others. It may to some people not seem to apply, but to me it applies. My dad would say, you should not talk about other people's children until your children and their children are grown. And it, it's, it's basically, my dad was saying, you know, don't pass judgment on people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, accept your place in life and, you know, like just stand back and see what the circumstances are before you plow forward. <laughs> with your own attitude of things. And I think in interacting with people, that's important. And I know times when I've lost it, I've generally regretted it because, you know, you, you, uh, you reflect on what your thought is of the moment. You don't think of the whole situation when you don't control your actions and your attitudes. So I, I've kept that. And then, like my friend who was the receptionist, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. But also, I think, and I shared this with you before, um, I had a job where I was in charge of hiring people. And one of the things I would tell them is this, this contract we have here, even if it is not written, the, the time you agree to, the job you agree to do, mm -hmm. The position you agree to have, that's a verbal contract and you should honor that contract. Mm -hmm. So if, if I agree to um, work for you, I, I'm, I'm agreeing to whatever terms we talked about, whether it is a written contract or a verbal contract. And I think that's really important in working for someone that you are doing everything that you agree to do and doing it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody benefits from that. And you have, you know, a better peace of mind if, if you have that attitude ahead of time. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, you know, through life though, I mean, now, I mean, you know, 
you've gotten kid, you got you know grandkids now. You don't have any great grandkids. No, I'm making sure. I'm thinking in my mind, making sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you've got grandkids now. I, I was your first son, all right, and I left the house first. The the path between or, or the path or the things that you guys went through, you and dad, in raising uh, us four boys. What changed between raising me, all right, and raising Nathan? Uh, well, you were the experiment. I you know. know that. I figured that out. I'm still the experiment. Well, but The first child is the experiment. You realize raising children is an on-the-job training thing. There's not really – a lot of people write about raising kids, but um, it's not really like having them right there and doing it at the time. So it's on-the-job on the training. Um, and we worked when you were little from the time you were three months old, I worked. Mm. And so our jobs were, you know, our jobs took up a lot of time coming home, took up, you know, hurry up for the evening, get things done. So I think, um, first of all, we learned stuff as we went along, what worked, what didn't work. And also, by the time we got to Nathan, we had more time mm -hmm. to spend with him. And we did a lot of things, you know. Um, but I think hopefully you all turned out well, despite my failures. Mm. So um, it's just the difference in the time you have, I think. Well, uh, and, and, you know, you, you, you've gone through this, the stages of life. All right. When you compare your life now to say like when you were a teenager, all right, living in your parents' house, you, would you, what, what would you go back now and tell your younger self knowing what's ahead? <laughs> uh, let's see. I could say don't have kids. No. <laughs> no. No, I, I really, um, you know, maybe I might have done some other things, but um, I really have had a good life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've had a lot of unbelievable experiences that I've been able to enjoy. I've traveled to, to places around the world uh, that I never thought would happen. You know, I was raised part of the time on my Baba's farm. Mm -hmm. The rest of the time in the country, you know, in the country. Um, and I never would have imagined that I would have, you know, the things I have now. And I think the only thing, oh, probably in the last 10 to 15 years, I've reconnected with a lot of people that I knew when I was young. And I think that's my only regret is that. I didn't get to stay in touch with a lot of those people. Mm. And, and, uh, but like, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for what social media allows that it allows you to reconnect with people from every stage of your life. And with family, I came from an enormous family. Mm -hmm. I had 70 some first cousins. Wow. And um, I'm like reconnecting with many of those cousins, some of them that I barely knew because, I mean, some of them are 20 years older than me and some are 15 to 20 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting to reconnect. So I think that's the only thing that, you know, more people 
to keep in touch with more family. Well, I, I want to go into some of the areas that you've traveled to. All right. In the past 10 years, you were a missionary. You worked in several spots. Uh, what's some of the places, some of the places, first of all, tell us the places that you served at. All right. And then second, I want to know uh, some of the connections, some of the kids that you've met who are now like, they now look up to you as a mentor. <sighs> I don't know if anybody looks up to me. They can let me know if they do. Um, well, I started, it's like my, I've always had an interest in missions and I've always admired missionaries because to me, they had, I'm thinking they're really courageous people to leave their home and travel. Uh, but my first experience, I did two camp short-term mission trips to Russia mm. in uh, Western Siberia. I met some amazing people who had been from an underground church that had met in a house for 70 years uh, before the USSR, you know, fell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, that was amazing. And I still am in touch with my first interpreter that I had there. And I kind of tracked the second one, but like there's a few people from Russia that I'm still in touch with. Um, and then, of course, I said I was in Korea for four years and I very short term couple of months. Um, I taught English in Taiwan. And um, really, I loved Taiwan. Um, I had an opportunity to maybe be there longer, but the circumstances in my life just, it didn't work out at that time. Um, but I've also traveled, you know, like Nathan was married in Singapore, mm -hmm. now lives in New Zealand. So I've traveled to those places. Um, I've had opportunity because I was in Asia to also visit Hong Kong and Japan and Australia. Mm -hmm. So um, those are the like wonderful places. Like, and a lot of people here who go to Mexico all the time. I've never been to Mexico in my life. Oh, yes. Uh, actually, I was. When I was in San Diego, I read the trolley. I rode the trolley. Mm -hmm. And like you, it's kind of like you ride around this loop or whatever, and it takes you into Mexico and back out again. <laughs> um. But my, my cell phone says I've been in Mexico because basically when I'm riding, when I used to ride my motorcycle up El Paso, I-10 runs literally right on the border. And there's one section that the cell phone connects closer to the tower in Mexico than it does to the tower in the United <laughs> States. And like you stop the bike and you get off and it says, uh, you need you need international a plan in order to make calls. And I'm like, what's this? Yeah. It's because I, I attached that tower when I was going by it. That's okay. Yeah. But I've never been into Mexico anyway, other than, to, you know what I mean, to, to, to talk through the fence to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you spend time talking at the fence. Okay. Yeah, I did. I talked to the fence. It was, it was, it was an interesting conversation. You know what I mean? It was, you know, kind of electrifying. Um, <laughs> uh, wasn't boring. Uh, no boards. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, how about some of the kids that you've, you've actually worked with in these camps that you were in the schools? All right. How how much how many of them keep in touch with you now, even though now you're not in the ministry anymore? Um, well, I have. 
one or two, actually one that was going to school here in Texas that we, um, interestingly, we connected back up. I, I had her for English classes in Korea and um, I connected back with her because she actually went to Bible college here in New York state with the granddaughter of one of my friends from Northeast Pennsylvania and we connected back. So when she was going to school here, I was able to drive her to the university a couple of times, help her shop for the things she needed. So that was really nice. Another girl that um, she was in one of the classes at the place at in Korea at the Bible college, uh, she, she became a missionary and she just got married, but she lived here in Texas. So I would see her. Uh, and two of my, the interns that I worked with in Korea, I'm very close with them. Yudi was our first intern and just like a good pal. Um, and Emma or Shanae, um, Shanae and I worked together a lot. And she actually went to school here in Chicago and is back in Korea, now has two little girls. So um, the nice thing is there's a couple of guys that I worked with in the kitchen. Korean guys love to cook and they're good cooks. And uh, a couple of them, they're, they follow me all the time on Instagram or Facebook. And... Um, it's really fun to see what's going on, but mostly we follow each other on Facebook since, of course, we can't, we couldn't travel for quite a while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, the other thing I want to know is what's one thing um, that the world doesn't know about uh, uh, Jan Gillette that she, they, they should know some little thing that she's been hiding from us all. Do you know what that is? I don't, but I wanted to ask and make sure I got it recorded because I am to record it. <laughs> If you're going to record things about your mother, you should at least ask things you want to know. <laughs> I don't know. You don't? Probably the world doesn't know a lot about me. Mm. I think ask, you know what? You have to ask my friends that. Mm. Ask Cindy if she's still listening. Hey, Cindy, what is it about me that the world doesn't know? I, I still think, and maybe you can answer this question. I still think Cindy should come on a podcast with me. Yeah, you could have fun with that. Mm -hmm. I think maybe right. even your brother Michael should be on a podcast with me. Good luck with that. <laughs> Just agree. Just agree. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, uh -huh. You know, this is called yeah. This is called entrapment. Trying to get him. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I don't think Mike is the type that would want to do a podcast, but I think telling the world about Cindy's business would be wonderful. Oh, I always tell everybody about Cindy's business. Every time Cindy comes on and makes comments, everybody finds out about Cindy's business. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they're, I don't know that. Other than that, oh, I play jacks. That's right. I am great at playing jacks. Mm. Does anyone know what jacks are? All right. For us younger kids, what are jacks for you older people, Cindy and my mom? <laughs> okay. Well, you have these pointy little things that you throw out. And you bounce this ball and you scoop up what you can. And my first meeting of Cindy when I was dating your dad, 
They were talking about people I didn't know, so I just went in Cindy's room with her and played jacks. And I've loved her ever since because she was very patient and understanding in playing jacks with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I always find it interesting, different games that we've played over the years. Um, I had, uh, I had a, a girl that when I first moved to Texas, there was a girl I was dating that, um, her, she had a niece that loved her and I would go to the house with the, with, with the, uh, with her and, and her niece at first would not, you know, would not come near me. And one day we had to watch her and we watched her. We took her to the mall. And of course, you know, me, I'm going to put her on the pony. I'm going to take her for a ride on the train. I'm going to buy her ice cream. I'm Ever after that, every time something happened, she would, Tim, 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 Tim. It's something how we spoil rotten these little kids. And it's always a little girl, all right, that mm -hmm. <laughs> become their heroes all of a sudden. Uh, that was the only thing. Sorry about that. That was when that relationship broke up. Cause I didn't see, I don't see how that girl, I mean, she's gotta be, she's gotta be, you know, 18 by now, but anyway, <laughs> mm -hmm. she was like two at the time, but, um, so mom, all right. Uh, I, I've, I've loved having you on here. All right. And I know that you, you know, you've actually am working on something with the counseling service. You guys are doing like a, a challenge or something right now or, or something to do a fundraiser. Is that correct? Okay. Our fundraiser is called take a hike. Mm -hmm. You can check out takeahike.info. I should have put that website in. Yeah, but yeah. And learn more about that. Um, my team is called Mimi's Off Her Rocker. And you can sponsor the various people who are taking a hike or doing some activity. Uh, I am walking at the mall. And. Um, we're raising the funds for low-income people who need counseling or low-income families. And generally, like an average of um, $35 would give like one discounted session for, a, for an individual or a family. Or generally, when they come for counseling, it's, it's an average of a total of eight to 10 sessions. So... $350 would help a family get 10 sessions. So you could go on to the website of foundchristcouncil.org and there's a donate button at the bottom and you can donate to take a hike or you can actually go on the take a, take a hike.info and which will also take you to uh, where you can donate. Mm -hmm. it takes you to our website and you can indicate you want to donate for Mimi's take a, Mimi's off her rocker uh, team. And uh, I actually didn't write down. I had to keep looking it up. I didn't write down. There's there's actually a link to mine uh, specifically, but there's links to others also, or you can just type in who that's for. But this. Through the pandemic, um, many things have happened with people that, um, okay, uh, families who had to work from home and work also do their children's, help their children with classes because the children were at home instead of doing classes or anxiety for students who were at home or going back to classes or back at home. 
very disruptive for their for them like their learning process and also their social processes you know where they're not available to interact really difficult time for families who lost a loved one to covid or some other uh, problem i mean we lost a few people in our family and not being able to be with that person to say goodbye or to comfort them uh, not being able to even uh, have a memorial afterwards uh, very cause a lot of anxiety cause a lot of depression um, also uh, abusive situations in homes was was greatly increased if you were at home with an abusive person in your home there was like no escape so there was that the good parts of so much of this that has happened is as i said at the beginning for telehealth that people from all over could go on the internet and get counseling and um, receive counseling from our counselors so it was really great the some sad statistics from last year um even when people would go out um deaths from motor vehicle accidents increased they were up seven percent last year over prior years and it was like um anxiety was there like people were suffering from anxiety and carelessness they were stressed and I don't think we realize all the different ways that stress can affect a person, can cause depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thankful for all the counselors we have. We've added counselors and um, we actually have a wait list for the first time ever because people are seeking counselors. And I say to them, well, keep reaching out. If you feel that you need help, please keep reaching out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we'll be there for you. I know that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And it, it now more than ever, I mean, and we see a lot, of, I mean, I've even seen the TV advertisements that are coming up, you know what I mean? With the apps now, you know what I mean? Call and talk to somebody, uh, get help. All right. Before things get, you know, get worse. All right. We, we all need help every now and then. So, uh, and even I've reached out to counselors throughout the years in my life when I needed it most. Uh, I realized it was always better to sit and talk with someone who could guide me through it as opposed to, um, you know, just trying to figure my way, you know, fight my own path. You know, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> so, so the websites again are uh, for, for, for donate as the found Christ council. Is that right? Yes. All right. And, and the yeah. other one. Take a hike.info will take you right to our fundraiser and where you can click on the donate button and donate. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, you know, as typical mom, all right, everybody who's on my podcast has to play my game. You're, you're willing to play my game, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Right, mom. Yes. <laughs> she had a contract to be on here. So basically mom, it's nine questions, this or that. Some of these, ah, uh, some of these are going to blow your mind and someone's going to be like, yeah, what? Huh? I, you may not know, but I ask everybody, but I'm going to go through them. Uh, we're going to have a little fun with mom and my this or that game. Mm -hmm. First one, mom, I'm not sure this one even relates to you, but uh, Gwen and I, you know, as well as half your kids are into this one, Star Wars or Star Trek? 
neither. Oh. <laughs> I, I've seen one or two maybe episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm into both of them, but I asked that because it's a dividing thing and you can always tell people, people who get on podcasts are like into one of the two. I don't know okay. what it is. Yeah. Um, my next one, I always, always like to ask people or ask the ladies when they come on, are you a, especially with the pandemic, are you a dress up kind of girl or are you a yoga pants kind of girl? Oh, you definitely know that I'm yoga pants kind of girl. <laughs> See, see, you dressed up from the waist up today, like your son, right? Yeah, yeah. There we go. And the pajamas um, are still on the bottom, and I have yoga pants on. <laughs> and um, I started that long before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. How about this one? Because I know you've lived in both, uh, living on the farm or living in the city. Um, actually, living in the city is better <laughs> when you're older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one here, I kind of know because we uh, we partake in both of these on a regular basis. Oh, dear. Tacos or hamburgers? Oh, definitely hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> so I have you on. I can actually tell the story I've told a million times. When I was in the hospital, when I was in sixth grade, <laughs> the menu came out six days a week, all right? And the menu came out, and I remember having to pick the menu every week. I Every day, I picked a hamburger. And the last day, my mom said, as we're paying, no, Tim, you've got to choose something other than a hamburger this day. And I forget what I, I don't know what I chose, but when that came, I didn't like it. And mom went down to the cafeteria to get me a hamburger. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever gone through and told that on the podcast before, but everybody's like, what's this hamburger? I'm like, that's why I've always been a hamburger person and I love McDonald's and mom and I go to McDonald's on occasion. <laughs> yeah. No. Next one I like to ask is coffee or tea. Oh, coffee. <laughs> Did you have to ask that? Although I do enjoy tea, but. I, I was going to ask the other one, other one, but the other question I have, we're, you know, we're sharing stuff on a Christian counseling service. So my other question on beverages kind of got put on the side on this one. So <laughs> my next one, this is the one everyone wants to know who following my podcast. They want to know your opinion on this. Your favorite son, is it Tim or Tim? <laughs> uh, well, as the, um, you know, I got, I got the, the paperwork yesterday from Ken who swears it's him. So, you know, uh, I, I think it's probably him. Oh, I thought it was Tim or Tim. Your choices were Tim or Tim. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do I know that person? Uh, how about now that you've experienced living in Texas? Do you, do you like Texas or, or, or Pennsylvania? Well, you know, I would gladly be back in Pennsylvania if I thought I could handle life on my own. Mm -hmm. um, I like the climate here. I like the convenience here. Yeah. I love my son. And I really love my daughter-in-law. <clears throat> But all my friends, uh, most of my friends are still in Pennsylvania, and I miss my friends and family. Mm -hmm. So I, I always have agreed that Pennsylvania has got some beauty to it. All right. I just, I don't know. I mean, I've been here in Texas for most of my adult life and love it here. Um, there, was, there was a point in time, though, I didn't want to go back and visit anymore. All right. Because I just, it was the memories. And when I finally learned to get past the bad memories, now I enjoy going back now. Um, you know, I, I've hated the past during the pandemic. I couldn't go see my daughter who lives in, in Philadelphia, but um, you know, I, I have, I mean, now it was almost like a joy to go back. And the last time I was there, 
um, was just before you moved here. And uh, that that weekend that I, I when I came back here, my uh, my high school best friend, Jim Saylor, lost his mom that week. And luckily I was there and was able to go down and say, say and see Jim. And I hadn't seen Jim in, mm -hmm. in 17 years had been since we'd seen each other. And that was good to be able to go ha to do that. So yeah, there's things I like about Pennsylvania and things I miss, you know what I mean? I have friends up there now that I, I wasn't close to when I was in, in school, but now I'm close to them. Yeah. So my, my last two questions are the controversial ones. The next one here is the most important. And I'm telling you, people fight over this one. Toilet paper. Does it go over on the roll at your house or under? Over. No comments on that one, huh? That's well, I mean, it's it's the fact. Yeah. I don't need to elaborate on what is true. I have had people on this show who are all unicorns, rainbows, smiles, and happy and love. And I ask that question, and they're like, over fangs come out and everything. I'm like, yeah, what happened to happy Lego lucky me? Uh yeah. <laughs> Apparently it didn't reach the toilet paper container. Yeah. <laughs> and the favorite one of all of them that I've had was this girl, Cammie from New Hampshire, who was on about a year, year and a half ago. She said, I'm a single guy. And if I date a guy, and a, a single girl, and if I'm dating a guy, and the third time I go to his house and change that toilet paper from under to over, I break up with him. The relationship's going nowhere. <laughs> so it is one of the most interesting questions asked on my show. My last one, and I know I, I always put this in there, and I was going to take it out because it was my mother, and I'm not going to. And that is boxers or briefs. I don't know. I haven't seen you in your underwear in so long. I'm not sure anymore what you wear. <laughs> well, mom, one more time, tell everybody on the, uh, you know what I mean? Both audio and video. So the websites that they can come find you, tell them the main website and also tell them the, the, the current fundraiser. Okay, if you will go to foundchristcouncil.org, and don't forget to put in the www, um, you can go to the bottom of that page and click on donate and give to uh, Take a Hike, Mimi's Off Her Rocker, and or you can go to takeahike.info and see the information about that. But also at the bottom of the page, you can click on a link to give to help families of low income get the counseling that they need. And everybody, it would be so appreciated if you did that. Cool. And cool. any dollar helps. Cool. Well, thank you for being on the show, Mom, today and actually sharing some information with us about your past, your future, and things you got going on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, to you, the listener, I want to thank you for tuning in today uh, for a very unique interview. All right. Uh, me interviewing my mom. Do me a favor, all right? If you can afford to go and give right now, go give, all right? Help out the fundraiser that they're doing and help people get the counseling they need in times like this, as well as any time, all right? That website, foundchristcouncil.org, all right? Go there and give uh, as best you can, but check them out and see how they may be able to help a friend or family member that you know needs help right now. I appreciate you tuning in. I'll be back with another episode real soon. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as where you get your podcast to the Tim Gillette Show. I'm Tim Gillette, and I'll be back again real soon. In the meantime, have a great day. Bye. Ooh.